This is Nightlife with Suzanne Hill. Well, you're probably familiar with the all-male pop opera quartet Il Devo. They're one of classical crossovers' greatest success stories. They were actually a creation, you might remember, of the TV talent judge Simon Cowell 20 years ago. Well, since he helped create them, they'd have 50 number one hits, sold out tours around the world, performed at the Olympics... At the FIFA World Cup, even Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee back in 2012. They have a new album out celebrating those 20 years. It's called uh, XX, the 20th anniversary album. I'm just going to play a bit of one of the tracks for you, No Tango, Nada, and then you'll meet one of the members. Now, if that sounds familiar, you'd be right. It's a Spanish cover of Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. And did you hear that gloriously rich baritone voice? It's the voice of Stephen Labrie, who is with us now all the way from New York. Hello, Stephen. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm very well, and you're very welcome. Uh, Millions across the globe know this Il Devo sound, but I'm guessing many people, those here in Australia included, might not know the actual men behind the voices. Tell us who's in Il Devo. Yeah, so um, Il Divo comprises of three original members and uh, myself. So David Miller, who is from the U.S., and Sebastian Isambard from France, who also lives in California, and Urs Bula from Switzerland. And then, um, unfortunately, the Il Divo lost a member uh, two years ago to COVID, Carlos Marin, and uh, I have come in to replace him uh, originally to do a memorial tour for him. And then the guys asked me on to be a full member back in August, and we recorded an album together. And now celebrating 20 years of Il Devo, it, you know, has been a great 20 years for them and a great two years for me. Yeah, here we are. Super exciting. So, Stephen, coming into it, had you been an Il Devo fan? How had, you know, had you been familiar with them? How did it all come about that, that you stepped in at that time? You know, uh, it's actually funny. I actually knew of Il Devo 20 years ago because I was walking in a bookstore that had a CD section here in the U.S. where, where you know, I grew up in Texas and and uh, I saw these guys on the stand. And so I listened to, you know, I got the headphones that were connected to the stand and listened to the little snippets of the of the music that they had there on their first album. And, you know, I thought it was beautiful and it was great. Come 20 years later, we just did a, an album signing for the album and the vinyl that we just have for the 20th anniversary, you know, in a Barnes & Noble here on Fifth Avenue. So it was a nice full circle moment. But actually 10 years ago, I met David Miller. We did a concert together, uh, you know, in St. Bart's uh, in the Caribbean at a, at a music festival there. And we kind of kept in touch throughout the years. And uh, when Carlos fell ill, he'd reached out to me to potentially come in and, and kind of understudy for him and while he was recovering. And then sadly, he passed away. So, you know, the guys really wanted to do a memorial tour for him uh, to commemorate all his legacy and, and everything that he'd given to the group and given to the world of music. And so, uh, you know, one of the real defining features of Il Divo is that baritone voice and so instead of me you know being his cover it was you know can you come and help us fulfill this this uh memorial tour to honor 
our fallen brother. So I did. And and uh, that's kind of how it all began and been with them on the road now for two years. I, I'd imagine from a, the band perspective, losing one of the original members must have been very hard to do. And it must be a, a privilege for you, I guess, that you've been invited to fill that role because that must have been yeah, a really hard thing to come to terms with. Yeah, you know, it was a crazy, crazy time. You know, there were so many unexpected things, COVID and you know, how every world, every city, every country dealt with that. Um, and then, you know, we were kind of just coming out of it. And that's when it all happened. So everything was already surreal. And, um, you know, I think COVID taught us that life is short and we really just have nothing to lose. And so I, I can't imagine anyone who would say no to honoring uh, such an important figure in uh, the world of music. You know, he was such an institution, Carlos, and and uh, such a beautiful voice. And so it was a privilege for me to be able to do that. I think just though, though the sense of the, the group, and I mean, you, you, I've seen you talk about how there's this, everyone sort of, you know, puts their hands together before a concert and, and wishes each other good luck. And doing that without Carlos for the first time was quite hard for everybody. Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult time for them. Uh, and, you know, a difficult time for me, too. I had no idea what to expect. Um, there was a lot of sadness and a lot of sadness with the audience, too. I think, you know, even coming out of COVID and everyone just isolation and then everyone coming together to remember this great man, you know, was um, I think it was hard for everyone. But, you know, I think in life, the only thing that one can do is just keep on going and surge ahead. Otherwise, what is there? <laughs> Stephen Labrie is here with you on Nightlife. He's one of the members of Il Devo. He is the, the newest member. So what had your background been then, Stephen, um, growing up in, in Texas? What was your journey to becoming a, a professional singer? Actually, I went to see an opera when I was, I would say, 10 or 11. We went on a school field trip to see it, and, and I just loved it so much. I wanted to sing immediately from that point forward. I don't come from a very musical family, so it wasn't really something that influenced me early on. But I just, I loved it so much that I was like, I, I just want to sing. I just want to sing. So I just started practicing on my own singing, eventually started taking voice lessons and um, kind of starting out with some, some standard music. I'm, I'm half Mexican. So we, I sing a lot of mariachi music as well, Mexican songs and which are very operatic in their own way. And then I, I went straight from there into singing classically, singing opera, weaving my way along until getting to hear, you know, it's it's been a real journey. So we just heard no tango nada sung in in Spanish. Obviously, you would you would be a, a fluent Spanish speaker, I would imagine. But when you sing in different languages, how hard is that for the members of the group who might not be fluent in those languages? Everyone is super familiar with with singing in Spanish. They've been doing it for a long time because you know I think Carlos had a big influence on it, being um, having a lot of the music be in Spanish. And there's there's something an element you know as classical singers when something is in English. It has a casual quality to it. And then when you put it in Spanish or Italian, it has a much more classical feel to it. and a much. It more always Latin sounds much better, doesn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> much more romantic, yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's just uh, what we are having the opportunity. You know, the Whitney Houston song is such an iconic song. And it's, some, it's a song that I really wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I think, but I, but I was saying to the guys, I think if we do it, in Spanish, it's really going to like settle into our universe. And so that's what we ended up doing. And actually, Urs, uh, you know, his, his wife is Spanish. He's fluent in Spanish. He did the translation for us. Well, look, you're surrounded by Spanish speakers, so it all seems to flow quite naturally. So one <laughs> thing I, I noticed preparing for the interview too, Stephen, listening to the new songs, that the individual voices in Il Devo really stand out, the different accents, the styles. How do you work together so that they complement and they shine individually? You know, uh, it definitely is different being a soloist, different to, to working 
as a team in a, in a band, in a group. I think we have our moments where we're singing lead vocals, where we, we do get to shine. And we, we know, you know, it's a matter of also like where in the song, how should we approach this, this phrase or that line, depending on where it is in the song. And also we, we kind of know our strengths. And so we know who should do what at what moment. And, um, and you know when we're when we're harmonizing with each other, we really do try to take the phrasing and the musicality of the person singing the lead line, so that we do have some sort of a blended quality. Um, you know, if some guy is singing straight tone, then the the harmonies will do that too. Or if there's a little scoop or a little slide here or there, the harmonies will want to do that as well because we we really want that person who's singing the lead to shine, and we want to be as a harmony supporting that person. So it, there is a lot of thought that goes into it. So, Stephen, do you still get to do your own solo projects or is Il Devo your life now? Il Devo has become a major part of my life in the last two years. We're very busy. Il Devo has always been a very busy band. And and, um, so it is, you know, I I do hope to start, you know, uh, dipping my toe a little bit into my own solo projects here and there as time goes on. But, you know, there has been so much to do. Since um, you know the memorial tour was was a year complete, like a complete full year, and then we we did a, a tour called A New Day last year that was kind of like a little bit at the beginning of the year, and then we took six or seven months off to record the album. So all of our energy was was put toward recording the album, and you know, kind of making that happen. You know, it was a lot of steps, a lot of elements. We we learned a lot doing that, and then uh, ending the year in three months, where we were also in Australia doing um, finishing out the New Day tour, and then now we're you know we've had some time off, and um, we were all just here in New York. We did some interviews um, on we did performances on Good Morning America on the Keller Collection show, and uh, some interviews and some promotional stuff here in in the in New York City. And, uh, you know, at the end of April, we're going to be starting another tour uh, to celebrate the 20 years. And and I think that's going to take up a lot of time as well, which is great. You know, I, I love what I'm doing. Um, we, I, I love singing with with uh, my comrades. It's it's really, really a wonderful experience. Tell me about the the Australian tour. How was your how was your fan base here? Were they pretty passionate? Oh, so passionate. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I've been seeing for, you know, two years almost uh, people writing, when are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to Australia? And so finally, we, we we went to Australia, and, and our first show was in Sydney, and it was it was just like a wild, crazy audience. Everyone was so happy. Everyone, you know, I, I've you know, Australians are so such friendly, you know, friendly people, and so uh, it's so welcoming just to be there. Yeah, it, it was it was a great experience. We we did you know I think five cities in Australia, and I had never been before, so it was it was a new experience for me. I loved it. What does a wild, crazy Il Devo audience look like? <laughs> You know, um, there's a lot of screaming and yelling and cheering. There's a lot of singing along with the songs. There are people who want to take pictures. There are people who come to the stage and want to take selfies or want you to sign things. You know, gifts. People send gifts backstage. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. I think, um, you know, coming from classical music and opera where the audience is a lot more tame and a lot more proper and then coming into a devil world where it can be you know anything you know you never know what's going to happen and the audience is is so enthusiastic it, it's so much fun to be there and the more enthusiastic the audience is the more into it i get because i feel like they're really just like wanting and giving and eating it up and so you can just like you get more and more excited yourself yeah so what kind of gifts did the australians send backstage to you they sent all kinds of stuff i actually got a hat um is it called an akubra yes is that right uh, I got a Nakubra hat uh, from someone uh, in Melbourne, and I loved it so much. It's it's like it's one of my favorite gifts I've gotten because it's such a sexy hat, you know. <laughs> um, but, 
And uh, so I've been wearing it when I was, I, I wore, we went to Indonesia after we were in Bali for a few days and I was wearing it around everywhere. And, you know, I, um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool hat. So are you um, wearing it in New York though, Stephen? You know, I haven't raved <laughs> wearing it out yet because that would be such a unique look, but maybe I should be able to do it tomorrow. <laughs> I think, well, I think that look has been pioneered. Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, when he went to New York, I reckon he was walking down Fifth Avenue in Anacubra. So you might have, <laughs> I think that path has been trod, but I would like to hear about that. Stephen, if you, if you got it out. Yeah. Um, now, I want to play some of um, another song from uh, the Double uh, X album, this time a cover of the pop song Crazy by Niles Barkley. Let's listen to the Il Devo interpretation. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space And when you're out there without care, I was out of touch But it wasn't because I didn't know enough I just knew too much That make me crazy Does that make me crazy Does that make me crazy Possibly Stephen Labrie from Il Devo is here and uh, that's a cover of the pop song Crazy by Niles Barkley that's on Il Devo's 20th anniversary album, Double X. Stephen, people who are familiar with the song will know that is a lot slower than the original. Tell us how you reinvented it. <laughs> you know, um, we were, we've been talking about the album for a long time. Look, it, I would say it took almost a year uh, from the beginning of brainstorming songs until the end. And what I realized, you know, when we were ta- started talking about the album, I listened to all the Il Devo albums because I kind of wanted to have an idea of what has been done throughout the years. And, you know, something that stuck out to me was Melancholia, which is uh, the song Wicked Game. And I actually didn't know the original song when I listened to the to Melancholia. You mean the Chris Isaac song? Yes, exactly. Oh, my goodness. And, I cried so many tears when I had my heart broken to that song many years ago. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Can't think of it without remembering those days. Oh, dear. <laughs> Go on. We all, I feel like we all have songs like that. And um, Il Divo version is so vastly different from the original. And that kind of opened the door to so many possibilities in my mind. And so when we were coming up with with the, the set list, this was actually a song that Seb had recommended. And he had an idea for it. And actually, he worked on this song with our producer, Carlos Lopez. He wanted to stretch the the soundscape of Divo into a new kind of more modern texture. And so he he took this song and he slowed it down. And, you know, at, at some point when we were listening to it, it was even too slow and we had them speed it up a little bit. But it has such a dark and sexy quality to it. And you can really hear all the text and all the words. And they, they're so, they just have such depth. Uh, and so taking the song and doing it, I think, has such a strong impact because it really does feel like a classic Il Devo song, but also in this new era and then really doing it with like such emphasis on the words. So, Stephen, tell me about that whole process of of how you actually pick those songs 
that you're going to cover for an album? Because, I mean, there are a million songs out there to choose from. How do you even begin that process? Gosh, you know, it was it was kind of a long process. We basically got together and we said, okay, let's all spend the next couple of weeks listening to as much, many songs as we can, getting, like, uh, compiling a list. Each of us compiled a list of, like, 10 or 20 songs. And uh, of songs we liked, songs we had come across, whatever, uh, or songs that we thought would just would be good for the, for us to do. And then we sent all those together and then we whittled it down to a smaller list and whittled it down again to a smaller list until we had a certain number of songs that we thought was acceptable for us to like, you know, uh, or reasonable <laughs> for us to be like sitting together and listening. And then we did what was kind of like a perfume test. So we would listen to a song and then if the song didn't grab us, pretty immediately like if you smell a perfume and you're like oh I love I like that but if it doesn't grab you then you're like no no that's not for me and you know if it didn't grab us quickly then we're like oh I think we should find something that's a little more interesting something that's a little more us something you know and so it kind of went like that until we and if there was a song that one of us really really believed in we would say no I really think once you get to this part we could do this we could kind of like explaining what our our idea of the song would be until we got down to about uh, 10 songs. And then in the end, we even decided that it would be really cool because uh, David and, and Seb uh, with Carlos Lopez, the, the uh, producer, had written a song. And we thought, okay, let's, why don't we record this original song? So that song on the album is called Despertar Sin Ti. And it's an original song um, of El Divo. So, so yeah, that's kind of what the process was like. And, and then came the long process of producing the songs and making the arrangements and finding things that we liked. And we went through many iterations of uh, some of the songs thinking, oh, I don't care for that. I don't care for that. Or can we do it more like this until we finally arrived to a point where we were like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So what was the song that no one else was into that one member had to battle to get on the album? Was there one of those? There was uh, a song uh, which is called Hoy Tengo Ganas de Ti, which actually I played for Seb and, and he really liked it. It was a song that I really wanted to do. I thought, I think it's my favorite song on the album personally. And I was like, this is, song is so good. It's going to be amazing for us. And the other guys uh, were a little bit less um convinced of that song and i was like no i promise you it's gonna be a good song we have to do the song and uh and yeah in the end we, we we did it and i think it has this super epic cinematic james bond sexy vibe and i'm super happy with how, how it turned out how it turned out and actually um i think no tengo nada took some convincing too from some people but i don't think there was like there wasn't there might have not been a one against three I think it was it was usually there was two against two. <laughs> <laughs> so you usually had fifty, yeah, fifty percent. That's a stronger place to start. And finally, <laughs> exactly. yeah, Stephen, I was just wondering because you said what something that was more us when you're listening for those songs, and you mentioned "Crazy" being a sexy song. You know, what's a sexy song? How do you know one when you hear one? Uh, for me, that that song has some darkness to it. It has some. It kind of like uh, has some mystery. Uh, I think "Crazy" has that. Hoy tengo ganas de ti, which is the second song in the album, also has that mystery and some sadness and some uh, desperation to it that like makes it into this passionate, sexy song. That's that's my interpretation. Desperation. <laughs> that's okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> What's sexier than desperation? Am I right? <laughs> Well, when it doesn't go too far, but yeah, it, it can have its sexiness for sure. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on Nightlife to uh, tell us a bit about your role in Il, you know, Il Devo and about the new album. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Get out in that Akubra. We want to hear how it goes. <laughs>
Thank you. I definitely will. (laughs) We're going to play that song that Stephen talked about. Well, arguing strongly to get on to the Il Devo double X album, Oitengo Gana Diti, which translates as I have longing for you.